Good evening, everyone. Friends, candle has been lit, and uh, all of this indicates that uh, the celebration of the Lord's Nativity is at hand for us. And we've arrived then to this midpoint, if you will, of our Advent season. The readings are a bit more upbeat, and the liturgical music has a lighter note to it, meaning more upbeat. And uh, the Advent wreath is lit, now three candles. And again, telling us all that uh, this, the incarnation is at hand for us to remember and celebrate. And uh, my friends, the prophet Zephaniah um, spoke to the people of Israel about a looming judgment over them. Uh, he also said, though, uh, that it would be removed. And in that he said, a, a shaft of sunlight emerges, indicating the coming joy of deliverance. They were surrounded by their enemies. So he's speaking joy to them, and he's telling them, don't be filled with anxiety right now. You know, and they were like, well, right just outside the city gate is the ones who want to take our lives. And he said, do not be filled with anxiety. Shout for joy is what he told them, O daughter Zion, for the Lord God is in your midst. He will renew you. St. Paul tells the Philippians to rejoice always in the Lord. Um, and I, I, mean, I, I know I joke about this. St. Paul thought our Lord was coming back pretty quick. And then it became apparent that he was not coming back that quick. And um, St. Paul uh, encourages the people nonetheless. And if you don't know, if you haven't studied uh, Philippians, St. Paul is writing uh, not from a, an inn with warm surroundings. He's in a prison as he writes to the people. And he's telling him, Rejoice always in the Lord. I don't know that I'd be writing that kind of letter. <laughs> uh, but here he is, writing this to the people. And both of these readings refer to a deep joy within the heart of the human. And uh, having said this, uh, my friends, as uh, we begin our ascent uh, into that time of Christmas, um, I know that um, it is a season of joy, but... Um, some people don't experience it that way. And uh, many people find this time of the year uh, not joyful, but filled with anxiety and tension and some, for some exhaustion <laughs> as they try and get everything. I got to get everything. No, no, you don't. So what I'm about to tell you, I'm going to tell you, but I know you're not going to listen to it. You're just going to be like, well, whatever, Father. <laughs> There's a great deal of stress because of the preparation for Christmas. And it gets out of hand. And uh, moving farther and farther away from the meaning of what Christmas uh, is. And what is put forth by the secular venues is the image of the perfect Christmas that requires everything to be perfect. The tree has to be perfect, and its decorations have to be perfect, and the food has to be perfect, and the gatherings have to be perfect, and uh, there has to be perfect peace and harmony. You and I already know that's not going to happen. <laughs> But Christmas is never that perfect. And uh, the perfect Christmas eludes most people. And, uh, um, but Christmas is, um, comes every year, and every year it's the same thing, and, uh, meaning the same quest for perfection. And uh, uh, this year, you know, now the anxiety I've been hearing about, oh, wow, I can't get anything for Christmas. I'm like, why don't you offer forgiveness to someone who needs it for ah, can I get that at Amazon? No. <laughs> no, you cannot buy that at Amazon. 
You might be able to get a book on it, but... And so then we have John the baptizer to show us the way to the profound joy that is the spiritual heart of our holy season that comes upon us. In the gospel, people ask him how they should prepare for the Messiah, and John tells them to share what they have with others and not to be selfish. He speaks to the tax collectors and tells them, stop exhorting money and cheating the people and to the soldiers of his time. Uh, which, you remember, this, I guess that the equivalent might be the National Guard for us. I'm not sure. Uh, they, were, they were the enforcers of law. Uh, so they might be police officers and sheriffs or National Guard. But he tells them, don't abuse your power and be okay with what the governor pays you. <laughs> That's John the Baptist. <laughs> but in this we discover we prepare for the Messiah not by perfect decorating and gift wrapping and perfect singing, and, uh, but by sincere repentance and by showing kindness to people. And we can make John's exhortation to the people our own in this time. And, uh, and in doing this, although the full coming of the kingdom will not happen until that Lord's time, meaning his second coming, we can experience the power of the kingdom in our life now even when it feels like enemies are at our gate. The joy of this Sunday, uh, we are to rejoice, and that comes from appreciating the fact that Christmas does not have to be so perfect in those ways, to be truly Christmas. First, Christmas comes to us in our imperfection, and that is the reason why we even have it. We were imperfect. We could not save ourselves. So God wrapped in the most the greatest gift ever in the most imperfect thing, human flesh. <laughs> I know you don't, you don't care about that. Oh, Father, whatever. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to get this to you because some of you people are going to anxiety yourself right into no sleep and worse. This kingdom can begin to take root in our life now. However, as St. John the Baptizer says, we must prepare the way for the Lord. We do this, whatever the limitations of our life may be, we will be able to experience the joy of his presence, for he is in our midst. As our first reading tells us, the Lord renews us on the inside. This is the great promise of spiritual fortification. St. Paul's words today, the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds if you allow it to. And this Christmas, then, we can be confident that the very peace of God is within us, no matter what is swirling around us. According to St. John the Baptizer, repentance is the key to the joy of Christmas, our spiritual path with forgiveness from God and then to others. And this is the way we prepare for his coming. And then Christmas, if we don't, Christmas becomes this winter race for people without any spiritual benefit or consequence. And, uh, so let us put to practice the advice of John the baptizer then. In doing so, Jesus Christ becomes and remains pivotal uh, to our life. Uh, to prepare the way of the Lord, we have the advice of the baptizer. And for us Catholics, we have the sacraments that help us, particularly the sacrament of confession, which I was in for two hours today, <laughs> which is good. And that's not a complaint. I'm just, folks are getting that. And then, of course, we have the sacrament of the Eucharist. 
Please help us to imitate our Lord in the ways uh, we are supposed to, to walk in holiness often. And uh, my friends, uh, um, there was a saying our professors used to teach us, the three C's, crib, cross, crown. There can be, he said, there's only Christmas so that the cross can happen. And the cross cannot happen, though, without the crib. And those two together, Christ has his crown. Mm. So my friends, uh, uh, as you notice, we begun to, and this third Sunday, we began to prepare. So the creche is just the animals. No, no, no. There's, someone said, where's Jesus? I'm like, not yet. It's Christmas Eve. I mean, Christmas Eve will put the little baby out. But, um, so we've got the creche. Um, uh, the tree has been uh, set and ready. Uh, this year, uh, as you see, we have the crash, so we had to move the. So we have the scripture that's normally in there is in front of the statue of uh, Saint Nicholas of Tolentino, and the statue of Our Lady we moved out here. Normally, uh, in the past times, I've had her uh, the statue in the narthex, uh, but um, this year, um, on the promptings of one of my staff members, well, can't you just put her there? <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> there you are. <laughs> Uh, so that, and that's uh, because people see a change and not understand why. You know, it's because uh, we have we set up our crash in the in the niche. Okay, so my friends, I know that um, for some of you, especially for some of you who had great losses this past year in loved ones and friends, uh, the holidays can be um, burdensome to you, and other things that make it change for you. But uh, know of my love for you, and know of my prayers. If Mother Church can do. In these past months of people and uh, um, I know that we cannot uh, change everything but perhaps uh, just by simply reaching out to someone hey I love you how can I help you maybe that will make all the difference maybe for that person then Christmas will be perfect for them if they know that they are loved folks did you know that in the early days of the church, Christmas wasn't celebrated. It wasn't until 336 A.D. that it was celebrated. I know, right? <laughs> I, was, I, was, I had my notes about that, and I thought, do I dare say anything to the people lest they stone me outside after Mass? <laughs> but yeah, everything was focused on the Paschal mystery his dying, his passion and dying, his rising. That's all that mattered in that time. And uh, as uh, uh, the church evolved greater and greater and larger and larger and formulated more uh, ideas and doctrines uh, based on the Holy Spirit and the idea of Christmas celebrating it, it's not that they didn't recognize, they knew the birth of Jesus was important. They just didn't celebrate it. They only saw his death and rising as the importance. But then a great saint said, what I kind of said, without that, without the crib, there cannot be that. And so let us uh, look at this and begin to celebrate. And then, of course, you know, 1800s, and it was, it was about something else than <laughs> about the Christmas tree. <laughs> I'm not going to get into the Christmas tree. I don't want to get in a fight about the Christmas tree. There are people who don't like Christmas trees and don't think Christians should have them, but um, you know, because they don't know about St. Potamus. <laughs> so my friends, uh, uh, I hope your hearts are filled with joy as you, and you get everything you desire, yeah. uh, mainly love. 
Wow. Lots of love in the Christmas season. Brothers and sisters, I love you, but more importantly, God does. He loves you so much so he proved it by sending his son into this world um, that we may have eternal life with him. Amen?